This week, we talk about the Battlefield 2042 open beta, my thoughts on the new Ghost Recon, not BR, but kind of BR, the fallout of the Twitch leaks now and in the future, and much, much more. Let's do it. Welcome to the Echo Cast, episode one fifty six my breaking point i am morgan aka bond diesel and this is a podcast about gaming tech and whatever else i feel like ranting about please take a moment to subscribe to and rate the podcast on whatever platform you listen to it on comments likes and subs on youtube retweets on twitter and especially itunes reviews help the most also, be sure to let me know if you have any questions or topics for the next show by replying to my tweets on Twitter in the YouTube comments or by going over and checking out Patreon. Thank you to our Patreon supporters for this month, PK, Uber Timmy, Hassan, Darren, Christian, Manmade Golf, and Dale. If you would like to support this podcast and my other content, check out patreon.com slash bondiesel. This product. This podcast is brought to you by Manscaped and their new Lawnmower 4.0 Razor, and you can use the code BON, B-A-U-N, to get 20% off and free shipping internationally. More about this in an ad later in the show. Okay, jumping right into gaming news. My first bit here will be about Battlefield 2042 uh, and its open beta and my impressions of it. Um, so my experience so far with the open beta has involved me um, playing, uh, I played their tech test a few weeks ago or a couple months ago uh, on my Series X, um, which I can't talk about because that's NDA'd um, other than that. Um, and then my experience this time has actually been during this open beta, um, I played it on Series X and then PC and then Series X. Um, and surprisingly to me, um, my newly upgraded PC, which is, I'm fairly certain beefier than my uh, Xbox still, even though it's pretty good, um, has not ran the game well. I have a, a Ryzen 7 3700X, a uh, 32 gigs of 36 megahertz, um, 3600 megahertz RAM, and um, a 2080 Super. And it's like run it okay. It's really weird. The CPU utilization is only like 40%, which isn't like super weird. Um, but the GPU utilization is like five to 10%. So, so there's something weird going on with it. I don't know. Um, hopefully they get it fixed up. Um, but my experience on the Series X has been great. Um, obviously, you lose out a little bit on some of the aiming sensitivity and stuff like that from using a controller instead of um, the mouse and keyboard. Um, but it's actually felt pretty intuitive. Um, you know, if you've read anything or seen any reporting on 2042, there's a lot of um, uh, complaints about the UI and, 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 and just the glitchiness of the open beta. Um, those are things that this is supposed to be a couple month old build. Supposedly the UI has been revamped since this build. Um, and you would hope and assume most of those bugs would be figured out. So I won't, you know, kind of cover that that much. Um, it does exist. Um, but I haven't noticed it to be like a huge issue. Um, when it comes to actually the game, Battlefield's weird, and it's 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 kind of uh, convenient that we just played Halo for a couple weekends because I think Halo is a multiplayer game, um, and really most games, even Call of Duty and stuff, that they they have like a unique flow and a unique rhythm to the way they play, right? So um, it can be jarring if you haven't played it for a while or if you've never played it before. Um, you know, any of those games to jump in, especially if you're playing with or against people um, who uh, have played those games a lot or recently. 
and Battlefield definitely fits that bill. You um, and I watched some other streamers who obviously aren't like big Battlefield fans um, jump in and play and like just be overwhelmed because there's capture points everywhere. There's things flying. There's people everywhere. Um, there's not especially early in the game there's not like defined like front lines of combat and stuff um and so at first it just looks like disorganized chaos um and then i think there's a, there's two things that happens um for you the player yourself you start to get into the flow you start to understand oh i need to do this and if i go here this is a high traffic area and and you know oh you know if i follow other people or fight with other people i'll live more often and get more kills um and what i think happens is it, it's two things that happens with you you start to learn how the game plays better um and this has been with every battlefield um and then everyone else is too even veterans, you know, you still have to get into the flow. And and what I've noticed already is that the first day of the open beta was like just a crazy shit show. Things were just happening everywhere. It was wild. Um, and what I've noticed in the last like couple days, and especially last night, is people are starting to figure it out. They're, they're starting to um, kind of understand, um, you know, how it works. And so you start to see, you know, uh, it, it's kind of funny how yeah you know when the when the open beta first came out you would see just random capture points getting captured all over and, it, and the map would just be a mess and at least for me my you know personal example is i've really noticed that you're starting to notice like the top half of the map will be controlled by one team and the bottom half by the other and you start seeing that like trading you know where, where teams start focusing on one and they start kind of but the, there starts to be somewhat of the of a defined like front line and and that makes the game way more uh playable um and so overall like i really like it um the specializations i was a little, a little worried about um there's only four right now. Um, there's, uh, let's see, there's one that has a grappling hook, which I really don't like. I, I, it's like the most popular one for sure. Um, I just don't really care for it. I don't know if it, if that belongs in battlefield. Um, there is a, like an automated turret, which is my favorite one so far. Um, there is a healing gun that, um, the medic class, they can heal themselves. They can heal other people. And I think they can also use it to revive people. Um, and then the final one is the sniper. What's the sniper? Is it a drone? I think they have a drone. So, um, overall, I, I will admit my first day or two of the open beta, especially for my tech test, I was worried. I was like, Ugh, I don't know, man, this seems a little rough. But after playing it, I mean, I'd say I've played a good eight to ten hours of the open beta and i'm really excited um, because this has been one map it's definitely an old build hopefully there's stuff that's missing um, and not fixed that will be in the final you know here in a few weeks when the game comes out and it just um it, it feels good to be in a modern day game again i didn't love one or five I, the world war one and two thing just i'm kind of done with that for now um but they um it, it feels interesting now it's janky like i said before um, i'm really hoping that gets fixed up quite a bit but um i think my biggest surprise so far is how i've enjoyed the, the console experience a lot um, i feel like halo and call of duty as well um, have really mastered the like first person shooter console feel and making it feel good with a controller um, i feel like the old battlefield games all of them just have always just not felt quite right on the controller um because i can i think i've played all of them on pc and console over the years and um i i really think they they've 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 done some stuff right this time that makes this feel good uh the new weapon attachment system is really cool it, i really like it at first i was like oh that's so gimmicky and lame and now it's like amazing because i mostly run with like a red dot sight and like a silencer and a foregrip and a normal magazine but you may run into situations where there's like a sniper popping off at you and so if you have like the dmr you can hide equip a longer range scope equip higher power um ammo with fewer rounds and you can like kind of adjust uh, and, and change like your muzzle 
um, to from a silencer to a long range uh, attachment and then pop back out and hit that sniper and if you kill him then pop back in and and do and switch more to like a mid-range or a short range build it's really cool i like it it's it's something i thought i was gonna hate um but now i like it and now i can pretty much guarantee the next call of duty is 100 percent gonna steal that idea 100 percent guaranteed uh, so we'll have to wait and see, but yeah, I, I'm excited to see how the game plays and looks, um, on a, you know, a, a, a fuller scale. I want to see what it looks like with, um, you know, all the maps and more guns and more. And I think, cause we, we see four specializations. I think there's 10. Um, I don't know if those will be at launch or if there'll be like six at launch and then they'll release four more on the battle pass. Cause we know that it has one. Um, but overall, I'm pretty happy with it. I'm, um, I, I, I don't know if the the orbital map that they have it was the right one for the open beta. Um, it's really wide open, and I think there's a lot of players who, um, like Doctor Lupo described it. He's like, this feels like Warzone with no buildings. Um, now, part of that problem is that you've got people like him who aren't like Battlefield players who are playing at like Call of Duty, and that's probably not going to be very fun. You, you do need to get into the mindset of like your main job in Conquest is to capture points. Killing is secondary, um, at least in my opinion, uh, from my pretty extensive Battlefield history. Um, and once you do that, you start getting more kills because you're you know, attacking or defending points and you start, and that's part of getting into the flow. So Battlefield 2042, um, I definitely went from being like, I don't know about this to being pretty excited about it. So, um, I, I think I'm, uh, I'm pleasantly surprised with how, um, with how good it feels and I'm excited to, um, to play more of it. So, um, the second bit here, uh, is talking about the Twitch leak. Um, so I'm not, I, I, I've like vaguely kind of dabbled into this story. So if I get any details wrong, um, feel free to uh, you know, attack me in the comments. Um, I will take that, uh, those, those tweet or YouTube interactions for sure. Um, but the, it seems like, you know, the, the big thing that got leaked that was of interest to the community was, um, I think around like the top 10,000, um, streamers pay how much they made. Um, I think it was last year. Um, or it was like in like a two year period, I'm a little, I, I couldn't really figure out exactly what they were saying there. Um, but they, uh, it was kind of a mix. Um, I'm not really going to go into specific details about specific streamers and groups and stuff like that. Um, re reluctantly, I will admit that I did look at some of that stuff and I may have looked up some of the douchebags I've dealt with in the past to realize that they're making like half as much money as I make at my social work job. Um, but Hey, I'm sure they're getting the bag in a different way. Um, so beyond that pettiness, um, I think this is interesting and it's kind of what I alluded to, um, in the little teaser at the beginning of the show, um, is I'm wondering, uh, one of the big things that I think this, um, uh, may impact is, um, like how people make deals and contracts, uh, in the future, um, with exclusivity deals with, with Twitch, or if people leave Twitch and go to YouTube or uh, Facebook or, or if, if another big player comes about, um, and that like, it's kind of weird. Like in one hand, um, there were actually people who were making less than I thought they were. Um, but then I have to realize that if there's like a big streamer who makes, I mean, you know, oh my gosh, they only made $2 million. Right. Um, you know, that's so much money to be a streamer. That's wild. And they earn it in their own way for sure. But, um, it also kind of makes me wonder, like, is it like, like a pro athlete? Or they may make more in endorsements and product deals than they even do from their main job. Um, and so, you know, because that kind of information didn't get leaked. That wasn't part of the leaks. Um, and, 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 and the other part of this story uh, that's kind of interesting is that it, it sounds like the, the hacker who did it um, literally, like, took everything. Like, like their source code and um, 
they don't know if they stole like passwords and, and stream keys or not. Um, but they're, uh, they basically told everyone to update your passwords, enable, um, you know, two factor authentication, um, or authorization, whatever one it is. And, um, and, and to, you know, update all that stuff. But there is some thought that they may have, um, uh, like they may have tons of information that they're still withholding. Um, and, and they may do kind of a ransom thing. Um, supposedly the, the, the person did it, you know, with the intent of getting Twitch to, to, to fix some things and, and to be better. Um, you know, that white hat hacker kind of thing, I think is what they call it. Um, where it's like hackers for good, uh, you know, it's, it's kind of hard to, um, it, it's kind of hard to decide if, if, you know, how often that's really the motivation. Um, sometimes it's for money. Sometimes it's for trolling, uh, you know, in this situation, it's kind of hard to tell, but, um, it, it was at least an interesting story. Um, I, I just, I feel bad for the people whose personal situations got exposed like that. Um, even if, you know, you're someone who thinks that these people make too much money or that it's all kind of bullshit or whatever. Um, I, I still think that there is like a big privacy issue there that one Twitch really effed up um, because it, it seems um, from some of the stuff I've read is that this wouldn't have happened unless someone internally probably tipped someone on how to get this done on a, on a loophole. Um, and that if that's the case, um, an organization as large as Twitch, who's associated with Amazon should have had like some really beefy measures put in place to keep that from happening. And they obviously didn't. So, um, yeah, it'll, it'll be interesting to see. I, I believe here, even in, you know, in the days since the main leak was revealed, um, the, the person who did it has even revealed more information. I don't think anything's been like any, like a big, like a, atomic bomb sized, um, uh, things, but, um, you know, definitely something uh, of interest or of note, I guess. Um, so I'll update those passwords. Uh, and if you stream, probably update your stream key, even though I think they did that automatically for everyone. Um, luckily for like me, like I use Streamlabs OBS. Um, so it, I don't actually, uh, it automatically syncs the stream key. So yeah. So another rough moment for Twitch, which will be funny. And the thing I talk about in the content updates, uh, the third story here is far cry six, uh, released a day or two ago, um, to some, the, the reaction has been really funny. So I intended, um, I did apply for a review code. I didn't get any response to be fair. I applied like three days before the game came out. You're, you're supposed to do it much earlier than that. So, um, I'm not bitter about that. Um, I intended on buying it. Um, but then I, I, I decided to wait because I had a discount code for the Ubisoft store, but it only works on actually released games and not pre-orders. Um, and then I watched a bunch of the reviews and decided to not buy it. Um, I'll, I'll wait a couple months and buy it when it's like 30 bucks to be totally honest. And, um, what's interesting about that is the reviews have been really interesting. So I try to have a pretty eclectic group of people, um, to watch reviews on with games, especially games I don't plan on playing. So I can try to like find like a, a common thread and the common thread with Far Cry six is that it's a pretty good sign. They, they really need to revamp the formula for Far Cry that basically since Far Cry three, it's been, you know, three, four, five, and now six have been variations of the same formula. Um, but not in a good way that, you know, they probably need to revamp it in some capacity. Um, but not that it's a bad game, but it seems like I, I haven't seen anyone say, no, I hate this game. It's garbage. Um, I've just not seen anyone say that like, this is my game of the year, you know? And, and that's, that's a, that's, that's a line that not every game has to meet, right? Not every game has to be game of the year. Um, but I think the issue with Far Cry six is, is, is something along the lines of, it, it seems like the common thread is that if, if you've played five, you don't really need to play six unless you are like really invested in just playing that experience again, uh, with a different story. Um, that Giancarlo Esposito isn't 
really that compelling and he's not that prominent in the story um and that his performance is like fine um i've always felt like Giancarlo esposito is is an interesting guy who like his reputation is way bigger than his actual like talent in my opinion he, he's obviously a great you know, he's been very successful and he's a good actor but like you know his his uh gus fring um from breaking bad um you know is like like fine i mean he's great he's a cool character in that show but i've always been kind of like i've always felt like he's like a pretty overrated actor um and ubisoft does this a lot they like they brought in john bernthal and breakpoint and he's like not a very good actor <laughs> like he's extremely very like b-list at best um and he just kind of plays the same character in everything he's in and um like, because I remember it was like around the same time that people had like uh, the Cyberpunk 2077 with uh, with Neo. My God, I can't remember his name off the top of my head. But it was like, so Ubisoft was like, well, we have a famous guy too. And then they had John Berthold walk out with his pitbull. <laughs> like, oh, I think we might be like Keanu Reeves. That's what I'm thinking. I'm like, I think we might be talking about two maybe somewhat different levels of talent here. But no, maybe not. But uh, but yeah, Far Cry Six. Um, something I the the tough part about it is that I intend to play it eventually. But the problem is, is that with how many like with the games coming out in the next six to twelve months, I I find it pretty hard to believe that six months from now I'm gonna be like, you know what, I'm gonna go back and play Far Cry Six. I'm probably just gonna be like, I'm just gonna look up the ending and see how what the story was. So we'll see. But if you're enjoying it, let me know. I'm really curious. Um, let me know on Twitter. Let me know on YouTube. Um, I'd be really curious to see what other people think. Um, I, I've really been seeing basically the same line uh, for the most part in the narrative of it's fun and it's fine and it's more Far Cry. And it would be nice if they would switch it up maybe next time. But we'll have to wait and see. Uh, the next bit is Ghost Recon. So for a big giant disclaimer, um, I am pretty well known for being a pretty harsh critic of Wildlands and especially Breakpoint. Um, I was lucky, quote unquote, enough to play uh, Breakpoint starting from like an alpha version to close beta to open beta to release. And then just a few months ago when they did the what the immersion update or whatever, where they got rid of the stupid looter system. Um, and so I genuinely have given that I've given breakpoint like six different chances to change my mind. And, uh, I just think it's not a very good game. I think it's kind of bad actually. Like there's a difference between games. I just don't like and games I think aren't good. And it definitely sways into the not good category for me for very, for objective reasons, for, for storytelling, for just, you know, the mechanics of the game and general jankiness and just a lack of imagination and kind of a dead open world and um, bad AI, just bad, dumb, stupid AI. Um, but that does start to delve into the subjective world. So you know, take my opinion for what you will. On that note, um, they announced another expansion in DLC. Um, it, I don't think we know too much about the actual DLC at this point. Um, it looks like it does not take place in Aroa. Um, it takes place, I think, in Russia is what they're implying from it. Um, it was some. There was kind of a, a narrative of, um, of of returning home um, of some, you know of some capacity, um, and I think it was supposed to imply um, to, to Russia, to the motherland, is I think what it references. Um, uh, they also, and, and, and so that's cool. I mean, I don't, I think Breakpoint is awful, um, but there's obviously at least a, enough people still playing it to support, you know, to, 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 for them to justify making this content, right? So for the people who like that game, I'm genuinely happy for them, honestly. Um, I wish that they would invest their time in other games that maybe deserve their attention more um, but that is a super biased opinion on my part and i understand if no one cares what i think about that but um the the other thing that happened is that they they really teased this event up this announcement and, and they teased it up as being like 
you know, check in on this announcement for the future of Ghost Recon. And that really sucked because what that led a lot of people to believe is that they were going to announce like whatever was coming next for the Ghost Recon like franchise, the, the mainline franchise. And um, it, you know, ended up not being the post breakpoint game that was announced, which I think I think most people were expecting. It ended up being an announcement for Ghost Recon Frontline, which um, is not a BR. Just, just so everyone knows, it's not a BR. It's not a BR, okay? It's not Fortnite. Um, it's and it's not. Um, I, I that's a. Here's my thing: is that um, like Escape from Tarkov isn't technically a BR. Um, Hunt Showdown isn't a BR. Um, you know, some of these games, you know, that are coming out aren't technically BRs. Like, aren't definition wise a BR, right? But they're still in that umbrella to me because, you know, we, you know, we had PUBG, we had Fortnite, and then we had the Call of Duty, Black Ops, and now Warzone. Um, and, and we and we have so those in Apex and those are BRs. Those are large multiplayer battles that can only end with one team. And I think that's the, the, the broad definition of a BR or the or the narrow definition. Now, what I, I think where it gets a little hazy is I think that there's been games that have been developed since then that are kind of a, a BR inspired, but more of like a survival type game, like a insert, do a thing and extract idea where you may be the last person like you, like, like escape from Tarkov can be played as a BR. Um, you know, when, when you, when you spawn into escape from Tarkov, there's 13 human players on the map. And if you want to play it as a BR, you can go around and find all of them and kill them take their stuff and then leave and, and you win you won the br or you cannot see anyone the entire map do whatever you want to do and then leave and you can still win so you don't have to kill everyone but i still think that the general game is still like a uh like in the tree of br it's in the family it's a cousin it's a kissing cousin say or a kentucky cousin as they say where i'm from but um there is so so okay so it's not technically a br it, it's just it kind of cracked me up because there were some people and associated with the game and some content creators who were you know i think sucking up <laughs> um and 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 we're like it, it, it's not a br and it's like okay it's not a br but that doesn't make it any less uninspired in my opinion now what's funny about frontline is is what it appears to be is i think they said 100 players uh, and it appears to be kind of like a Tarkov style game where you go in and you have a mission or some task you need to do. You do it. It, it sounds it's going to be PVE, PVP, which is what Tarkov is. And then you then you extract. So my guess is that you're going to be inserted either somewhere on the map or by helicopter or something or you'll jump in. You'll, you'll have a, some kind of task you need to complete or maybe multiple tasks. And maybe the more you do, the better. And then you and then you have to extract in some capacity. So it's either going to be like a helicopter extract. Maybe you have to like find you know, like a, a spot in the map that like a tunnel or a car or something. I don't know. And, and it, but it sounds like there's going to be other players. And I assume that you can PvP as well, right? So it, it, I'm conflicted. One... Um, it seems like this isn't this isn't being made by Ubi Paris, who I kind of blame for the most part for Wildlands and Breakpoints straying from the herd uh, from the Ghost Recon perspective. Um, this is being done by Ubi Bucharest, which we'll talk about because that's division related in some capacity. And the next little uh, bit I'm gonna do, um, ignoring that, it. Like they showed some brief gameplay and some footage and stuff. And and the interesting thing is it's not third person, it's first person. Um, and, and that is kind of funny because that's actually a throwback to the OG Ghost Recon games in Rainbow Six. Um that were first person only. Um the the, the first the first few Ghost Recon games were essentially 
mods of the OG Rainbow Six games, which were first person only, kind of. You could technically play in third person, but if you ever played it, it was not meant to be played like that. Like you could, but it wasn't like animations and stuff. Like they 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 intended for you to play first person. So it is kind of funny that for Ghost Recon, it is kind of a throwback. Um, but then they showed, you know, then the stuff that we kind of expect. It's a, it's a free to play. Um, it's got like, it looks like some like base building mechanics of some capacity, which, okay, like that's fine, whatever. Um, I just, I don't, I don't know. Um, so I've talked about this a bit on my stream and stuff like that. Um, it seems obvious and I may or may not have some intuition that there was a directive by Ubisoft a few years ago um, for all their major studios and major IPs to make some type of spinoff or some kind of like double A game or free to play game. Um, and what's resulted from that are games like Hyperscape, Phoenix. Um, let's see what other ones that seem pretty obvious. X Defiant, Frontline. Um, and I'm sure there's been a few more. And um, the issue is that it's something I saw on um, the, the Kind of Funny podcast where they talked about, I think it was Kind of Funny, where they, they, they didn't have an inspiration for a game and then make that game. They, they had a market they wanted to get into, and then they are trying to make a game to get into that market. And so it, you know, and, and what's weird about it is that they aren't like taking one shot at it. They're taking a whole bunch of shots at it. So like in the BR or BR ish genre, they've got hyperscape, which as far as it seems has failed miserably and they're throwing, you know, frontline now. And, um, uh, I mean, I, maybe heartland. We don't really know enough about heartland and we know it's a free to play. So it seems like it's probably going to be in that, and so they're, they're creating competition within their own company, not to mention the fact that you have to find a way to break into the big three of this general genre of PUBG, Fortnite, and Apex. And that's hard to do, to, to hard to impossible at this point, especially if you're going to do it the Ubisoft style, where they're not going to go all in and fully dedicate a giant team into this stuff, maybe with Heartland, but that's, you know, yet to be seen. Um, and they're just going to kind of throw it out there, see what happens. And if it's not successful, ditch it, which is what they've seems like they've done with hyperscape. Right. Um, now I've ranted plenty about how that seems like Ubisoft's general strategy for the last like 10 years of, you know, spend a decent amount of resources and time to, to make a game, but then just gut it completely afterwards to gut the development team and not let them fully support these live service games afterwards, or at least not all of them, AKA the division. Um, because we see them fully supporting some of their other live service titles, Assassin's Creed, um, Rainbow Six, you know, Siege. Um, arguably, I would argue that Breakpoint has been much better served um, than the, the division. Um, and, and I can save that rant for later, but, um, it's, it's an interesting thing. And, and this frontline thing just seems like another, they, they're, they're going to put it out and, and then it's, it's gonna, you know, they're, they're going to pay some streamers to play it for a week or two, and then it's just going to disappear. Um, and, and that sucks, man. Like that's, that's a bummer. Like that's, that's like such like artificial growth. Cause what they're going to say is, Ooh, we had a hundred thousand players the first week and it's going to be like, yeah, but like, what about the third week when you have like 1500? Um, because and it's not because the game is bad necessarily. It's because there's no soul behind it. There's no, you know, guts behind it. It's just, you know, you put it out cause you felt like you had to, uh, I don't know. Um, so I'll be curious to how that works out. And, and I do think it's, it's reasonable to be disappointed that, that they announced this frontline thing instead of announcing the next ghost recon game, um, which I assume they'll probably do next year. Um, cause I assume the breakpoint team, I have to imagine this DLC that's coming is the final one. Um, and so they'll probably start working on the next experience. So I, if I've said it once, I'll say it a hundred times, give it back to red storm and give us future soldier two. 
That's all I want. I digress. Uh, my final bit here is going to be talking about the division. It's actually kind of wrapping in some of the news from Ghost Recon, um, and it's it's kind of has to do with a question. Um, you know, some questions I've received from people as well is, you know, what does Frontline mean to the division too? And so, um, or even even Heartland to a point. So one thing to consider is that the studio they announced that's making Frontline as a standalone, its own thing, is 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 Ubisoft Bucharest who we also know is the studio who's supposed to be running support for the division two content that's coming, which we've heard nothing about. So it, it seems pretty obvious that there's a handful of people at massive who are still on the division project. Um, Pele, if you've paid attention to him, um, and there's a handful of other people who seem to still be in the division kind of atmosphere. Um, and then it, it seems like Ubisoft Bucharest, um, has assigned a team, um, you know, how big we have no idea, um, to working on the division two content. So it, it kind of seems like they're the hammer, uh, and, and they're driving the nail, which is the content and the, and the, the, the people at, at massive are kind of in charge of everything. Right. So Yannick, Pele, and some other people. And, um, I've seen some people kind of talk about like, they're worried that, you know, frontline means that there's not resources for, the division two content from Bucharest. Um, it is worth considering that Bucharest is, um, Ubisoft's second largest studio. It's mostly a support studio. Um, and so I would assume that means that they're looking at six, seven, 800 devs, you know, the staff. Um, I, I have, I am assuming Ubi Paris is their biggest studio, um, followed by Bucharest. Um, I don't know where massive falls in that line, but I believe they have three or four, maybe 500 people. Um, so it's more than that and it's less than the biggest one. So my guess is they have, you know, and so, you know, they very well may have three or 400 people on frontline and could still have, you know, one or 200 on this division two content, which probably doesn't require like an entire development team. Um, so yeah, it, 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 but I think it's a, it's a thing worth at least thinking about, right? And then, um, you know, there's kind of the, the you know, Frontline is, um, they showed us footage, so I don't know if we would say they're still in pre-production. I have to imagine if there's that many assets and, and actual gameplay being shown, they must be in like actual development at this point. Um, but, you know, they I don't think they really detailed that very much. Um, but the, the thing is, we, we still just have no word on the Division 2 content or Heartland at this point. We we still have heard nothing there. There's there's rumored to be a Heartland playtest at the end of this month, but I haven't seen anything. I, I've seen nothing of note or nothing credible uh, other than supposedly, which the website, I forget who even reported it last week, but I never saw any screenshots of emails. I never saw them. I never got an email, and I should can, for multiple reasons. Um, so... I don't know. Um, I will say um, there there is some uh, talk that um, this team they've put together for Division Two content um, is is struggling, um, is is having some issues because you have to consider um, while there's people at the top who are Division experienced, um, if, if they're using Bucharest to to actually make the content. Um, these people haven't worked on the division. I don't think Bucharest was a support studio for division two. So they're making, um, they're, they're, they're trying to make content for an engine that they haven't worked on, or at least not for the division. I don't know if they worked on like uh, South park or some of the other, um, snowdrop games. But, um, I, I mean, I, I think it sounds like the, late 2021 time frame for division two content is probably not going to happen. Um, I am, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and guess at this point, it's probably gonna be next year sometime. Um, and, and that's, it's a bummer. Um, because I talked about this during the, the, my stream the other night, um, um, and, and in chat and live chat, I'm streaming this on Twitch. Uh, fluffy Corgi says that Bucharest was the main QA studio for the division. So, <laughs> that's obviously a lot different than developing um trying to make modes and environments and stuff like that um but that still is valuable experience so hopefully those people are have something to do with it even though um 
QA, unfortunately, would probably move on to other projects. So we'll, uh, hopefully that is somewhat of a good sign. Um, but you know, it's just at this point, you know, we're all kind of reaching. If you're a fan of the division, um, you're definitely just reaching for anything at this point. And at this point, we're basically just all speculation. Um, you know, there, there was the rumor about the play test for Heartland, but I didn't see any proof of that. Um, and you know, we're kind of hitting that, that time now where some people are getting desperate enough that I wouldn't be surprised if we start seeing some, some fake NDA emails like we did with warlords of New York, where, um, some kind of sniveling creators will, uh, basically just make up their own news and then report it. And then when it shows to be fake, uh, they'll just be like, Oh my bad. I, I didn't realize it wasn't real. <laughs> so it wouldn't be the first time and it won't be the last. So, um, I think the final thing I have to say about all of this is that we're going to hit a point, I think, where there's going to be the question of, was it worth spending all of these resources and all of this time and all of these really good developers time on making more Division 2 content a year and a half, two years after Warlords? Um, is it going to be worth making the standalone free-to-play maybe survival-ish kind of sequel all of this time later in a saturated market or would these very same developers these very same people would their efforts have been better to start you know pre-production on a division three you know even if it's not a big enough team to like really dive into full development quite yet or or to do something like that or you know or even like I talked about this during the stream. What if instead of Redstorm leaving, you know, abandoning PvP for Division Two, conflict and the DZ to work on Heartland, which is it seems pretty obvious that's what seems to have happened because we know that they didn't work on Division Two PvP for more than a couple months after the game came out. Um, what if all of that effort would have just been spent on conflict and the DZ and adding new modes and balancing and you know, adding like a last stand mode and, and doing stuff that it seems like people actually wanted from an existing product that could have been kept alive a little bit better by actually spending time on it rather than just kind of throwing it to the wolves and moving on to the next thing. Um, I think at the end of the day is I'm curious to, if this division two content and heartland will be good enough to justify essentially abandoning division two when it got abandoned um and obviously warlords came out and we had the seasons and stuff but um warlords i thought was pretty good but i don't think that there's anyone you know shouting from the rooftop that the the post-launch content for the division two was like amazing episode one two and three were whatever and you know in a lot of ways um, were obviously like unfulfilled ideas and then warlords was kind of cool but then the seasons were just kind of whatever like i mean the, the global events and stuff are, are fine but they just aren't like that punchy like content that people really want from a game like the division and that the the, the potential it has um so i just don't um i don't know I, I it'll be curious in three or four years from now or maybe when there's a division three one day to look back and be like you know, should they have stuck with the division two and tried to really actually focus on that game? Um, or was it a good idea to, to do this other stuff? I don't know. I'm not a time traveler. I don't know. I don't know how we'll feel, but I'm sure I'll uh, talk about it when that happens. Yeah. I'm going to jump into an ad. It is 60 seconds. If you're listening to it on, uh, you know, after, uh, on YouTube or on podcast services. So, 60 second ad and then we'll be, we'll be back to wrap this thing up this episode of the echo cast is brought to you by manscaped do you look like this guy or maybe like this guy well you probably don't need to hear this but when you look like me you need to get all of the advantages you can get one of the best ways to step up your sexy game and be comfortable in sweaty weather is to have nice clean tidy well-maintained nuts the best way to do that without nicking your nuts is to use the new Manscaped Lawn Mower 4.0. 
I love mine because it's well-made, safe to use in all of your nooks and crannies, and with its handy charging dock and sleek design, it looks great in your bathroom to boot. Get 20% off and free shipping around the world with the code BAUN, B-A-U-N, at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping around the world at manscaped.com and use the code BAUN, B-A-U-N. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. Okay, so we had a few, uh, we had listener questions from, guess who? Master Prime, always the reliable. Um, the first question from Master was, um, will Frontline and X-Defiant affect Heartland? My, my argument for why I think Heartland may still do well even with Frontline and X-Defiant and, and these other games is Frontline, X-Defiant, Hyperscape. These games, like I was saying before, seem like they were made to fit a, a niche, like to fit a genre, and they weren't like organically developed. It was like, well, we need to make a game like this. What can we shove into that space? Where Heartland um, seems like it was more organically developed. It was... Um, it seems like it's supposed to be like a survival sequel, which a lot of people want. People have been asking for for a really long time. Um, and so I'm hoping the fact that Heartland has potentially a like like an organic audience um, that it could do better because X Defiant, I got to play that. I don't think I can talk about it yet. Um, and Frontline, you know, obviously we've only seen a little bit from it. They just seem so like soulless and like they were just you know, like, like, like they hit a, a, a button on a machine that said video game idea and, and then a slip came out and it said X Defiant Frontline on it, where it seems like hopefully Heartland um, is coming from a more genuine place. Um, and Red Storm makes really good games. Like, I know that people you know, in the Division community only really know them for really just doing like PvP in Division 1 and 2. But if you look at, I mean, they, the people who work at that studio have made really good games at that studio in the past. And this being a chance for them to make their own project that's controlled by them, um, I think Heartland will be really cool. Um, my concern is that it could be a really good game that just makes no impact and, and outside of the Division community. And, and that's a bummer because Red Storm deserves more than that. The Division deserves more than that. Um, the second topic here um, from Master Prime is, uh, do you want to appear on Diplomats of the Division? Um, you know, the, the the people who do that stuff, you know, they 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 knew who they want on that show and not. Um, if I'm invited, I'm sure I could try to work something out. Um, yeah, I don't know. It, I, I'd be happy to collaborate with almost anyone. So, sure. Um, and then uh, is Game Pass harming developers? Um, that, that definitely has been a talking point quite a bit, but to this point whether it's fully honest or fully transparent or not um, i've not seen a single studio even studios not owned by microsoft complain and if anything it's shown pretty heavily that when games are on game pass they sell really well so i don't know if it's people who like try it on game pass and then decide they want it to own it or how that or it's just the exposure from game pass uh, maybe people play on Game Pass and talk to their friends, and then those people buy it on Steam or PlayStation or wherever, um, or from the Microsoft Store. So um, I don't think so. It seems like, if anything, it it, it brings a lot more people to games, um, and it it they 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 make they make the money work somehow. So um, studios keep signing up for it, and not just small ones. And um, I don't know. It seems like it's not hurting anybody, as far as we can tell. As for some content updates, um, if you haven't paid attention, um, I am, and I'm currently streaming on Twitch, and I'm back at Twitch. Um, YouTube was cool; it had some cool features, but it just it's missing so many like quality of life stuff for streaming, um, and I just kind of got tired of it. I think that the division, or um, <laughs> I think Twitch is just a a better viewing experience. It's more interactive. The uh, the tools and stuff I have and the way my stream is set up, I think just works better with, um, with Twitch. Um, obviously the timing was pretty God awful with their giant leak and all of those issues. But, um, at this point I still think it's the, um, it's, it's the, it's the platform. I just 
personally prefer. And um, I, I just, I don't think YouTube has much motivation to try to copy a lot of Twitch stuff because they're YouTube. They don't care. They, you know, they, they paid their big bucks for their streamers and they're, looks like they're improving some things, but it's just, uh, there's just a lot of stuff here on Twitch that I, uh, I prefer. So, um, and then some anchor ads, um, anchor is putting out a bunch of new ways to monetize podcasts and such. That's who I use to host my podcast. Um, let me know, give me feedback. I'm, I'm trying some new stuff out. Like I have this manscaped, um, sponsor and I'm going to try to do some other ones. Um, making money off of this podcast is a way for me to dedicate more time to it and my, um, stream and stuff like that and making videos. Um, if I'm just doing it for fun, then, you know, it, 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 which I am, but it, it just, I can give less of my time to it. If I'm able to justify it financially, it's a lot easier for me to convince the wife that I can spend more time on this stuff because it helps our family. And so, you know, through Patreon, through ads, through streaming and things like that on Twitch, um, those things, you know, the, 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 the more support and the more, um, you know, revenue that can come from that, the easier it is for one to, to, for me to one upgrade things right now, the next upgrade would be a new camera. Um, and you know, to pay for the internet that I pay for to be able to put out high quality stuff and, and, and all of the equipment, all my PC upgrades and stream upgrades and stuff. Um, yeah. So, but if it ever becomes obtrusive or annoying, or you guys don't like it, or there's something that you're against that pops up on it, I will, I will hear you out. And, um, if it's reasonable, I'm happy to get rid of stuff. So, so let me know. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm open ears and that's where we, uh, we're going to wrap things up here. So, um, I do stream on Twitch, um, where you can uh, follow sub and, and drop biddies and do all that fun stuff and hang out and talk to me live when I'm streaming or recording a podcast. Um, you can check me out on Twitter at Bon Diesel or at the Echo Cast if you only want like game related stuff and not my personal rantings. Um, there is some cool Echo Cast and Bon Diesel merch over at streamlabs.com slash Bon Diesel. And uh, that's all I have. So until next time. Thank you.